Guys, I've been lucky. This is this is my third attempt at this introduction because Charlie, my little boy, has he's gone he's gone bunta in the background. He's been so good all day, and just as I've hit record, he's decided to pipe up. But Jessie's doing a good job. She's she's kept him quiet. Um, hey, how you going? Anyway, Tyson here. This is the Relax Running Podcast. You're in for a treat today. Uh, we're joined by Riley Cox from South Australia, who is just an all round good bloke. He's a 28 10k man, 63 half marathoner. And he's a part of the Team Tempo crew coached by the great man, Adam Diddy. So it was the first time we really sat down for a real good, solid conversation today, and we had some fun. Um, he's a really easy bloke to talk to, and I've invited him back onto the podcast. Um, I just want to let you know that at about 54 minutes or 55 minutes, or I'm not 100% sure, I'm about to end the podcast, and then he gets into a ripper story. So I left it in there. So just in case you get it, then you're like, oh, Tyce forgot to cut off the recording here when he said he would. It's not a mistake. Be ready for it. There's another good story coming. So enjoy. Hey, this one's brought to you once again by Rundy's Undies Athletic Underwear. You guys know all about these now. And for the last few weeks, I've told you that they've got a whole heap of apparel. They've got singlets. They've got jocks. They've got trunks. They've got crop tops. They've got a little G-string, which for the last couple of weeks, I've told you I haven't tried on. But today, special occasion, I'm recording this intro in the Rundy's G-string. Super comfortable. It's all I'm wearing right now. Oh, gross, babe. You've got it on backwards. For Relax Running listeners, you get 25% off every single purchase at rundies.com.au. Enter the coupon code at checkout, Relaxed Running, all in capitals, 25. Relaxed Running, 25 to get a 25% discount off everything. I'm hearing really good reports from people who have purchased a pair, so make sure you jump on there while that coupon is still available. I promise you, you're going to like it. It's going to change how you feel when you run, they're smooth and silky and nice. You feel good. You don't feel, I don't know, you, you just feel good. You'll enjoy it. Anyway, that's enough from me. Jump over to relaxrunning.com slash join for all your bonus podcast training programs, experts corner, video library, and to become a member of our Facebook group. Um, we've got nearly, I think we've got like 21 or 22 bonus podcasts available with the likes of Ryan Gregson and Morgan McDonald, the balance runner. We've got one with Adam Diddick, Sam McEntee, Brett Robinson, We've got, we got some quality there, so go make the most of that. Anyway, let me get out of your way and introduce this week's guest, the great man coming at you from South Australia, Riley Cox. No, all good. I uh, when I was listening to Dylan's Dylan Stenson's podcast, it was uh, I, I couldn't believe it, but I listened for thirty minutes about childbirth, and, <laughs> and it, was, it was one of the <laughs> I was most hooked I'd ever been on a podcast. <laughs> I was I was listening it to it while I was running, and I was like, shit. That's half my rundown. This is I'm glad we could help. I was laughing just before I hit record with you because, um, yeah, Dylan gave me the most terrible advice going into a C-section that I'd ever heard. He said, "Mate, just if you want to watch it, it's just like someone wait, make uh, make a sandwich." And um, yeah. and uh, I watched one on YouTube, and it was nothing like watching <laughs> someone make a sandwich. So I I couldn't put my head around there. I just stayed up there with Jesse. I'm glad you're interested, dude. I have not been interested in babies at all my whole life until about yeah. 20 years ago when this little fella's come into my life. And now I'm a, I've embarrassed myself on so many occasions. I've, I'm doing everything I can not to post about it. So I'm going to do my yeah. best not to take you down that rabbit hole because I I wouldn't <laughs> know what I'm talking about or how to get out of it if we got stuck. Yeah. 
Nah, <laughs> I'm sure you're doing fine. Man, you did well to, um, uh, to, to get going. This is the early, earliest podcast that I've ever done. It's 9 a.m. here, 8.30 there, and you said you already got out for a run. Yeah, just a quick one this morning. I thought I, um, I took yesterday off, actually, so I was ready to go for a run today. Taking a day off is uh, very rare, but I'm glad I did because I felt like I was ready to jump out of bed and run this morning. So Beautiful, yeah. man. What did you have on this morning? How far did you go? I just did a quick half an hour. Um, yeah, I'll do a bit bit more this afternoon. Um, we got a, a race this weekend. Um, it's the last round of the uh, Athletics SA cross-country season. So um, it's the Eckerton Relay. So I'm doing a 10-kilometre 10, 10 leg, so it'll still be a pretty decent hit out. So just back off the next couple of days and, yeah. Yeah, beautiful, man. So the legs are starting to feel pretty fresh. Eh? What, uh, what, what leg did you say you're doing this weekend? Uh, the 10K. So it's an Eckerton relay. Um, there's a 4K, two 6Ks, two 8Ks and a 10K. Um, so it's a good representation and you've got to have two females in your team. So it's a good representation of the strength of your, your club all around, really. So, yeah, it's a good event. I tell you what. So, is that um? Will you guys be representing Team Tempo, or is that where you go out as like Adelaide Hills and and Flinders or whatever else you guys have in South? Yeah. Australia? So I'm I'm Flinders, born and bred. Um. So yeah, pretty uh pretty strong connection to Flinders. So um everyone knows who the Team Tempo runners are. Um, but yeah, we we split up and and run for our clubs. Otherwise, we'd probably clean that one up pretty easy it was just, uh, <laughs> i was gonna say you guys are going nicely at the moment i um yeah. i had i had adam on the on the members podcast yesterday and we were having a good chat and um he seems pretty up and about about how you guys are going he was he was giving me some numbers and some figures and i was thinking geez i'm so glad i'm not still running and i'm not running in that group because there's some pretty scary yeah. uh pretty scary numbers you did he was telling me that you and clarky did a like a 600 on 400 float session the other day and got around 10k in some insane pace yeah, yeah, oh, Clarky just dipped under 30 minutes and I was just over. Um, I started off a bit slow. He caught me off guard. I, you know, we were both well under the paces set. So I just, uh, yeah, just followed him around and got to the end and thought, shit, that's actually, a, a, you know, most days of the week, that's a, that's a decent 10K. So, yeah. I would have taken that as a 10K PB any day of the week. So what was the yeah. session you had? Uh, so it was around McKinnon Parade. Um, there's markers every 200 so we just we just rolling 600 on 400 off um adam calls it a lactate clearance session so i mean the 400 off is still uh around your sort of 320k pace so it's not um just trying to clear the lactate that you build up running you know 250 pace on the 600 um and then you got to try and clear it at 320 pace so um or or we were running, we were, our, our offs crept down a little bit and our ons crept down a little bit. So that's how we got the average out to the threes. I always had, um, do you know Craig Huffer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. So Craig and I used to go to the same school. He's a couple of years younger than me. And when we used to train together, we would go out and cause he was, he was such a good junior that we were always pretty level throughout our career, despite me being a couple of years older. And we say, we had so many sessions like that. We would go out and, our coach would be like, all right, I just want you to focus on, on trying to hit this particular time, this particular split. 
and we'd get 400 meters in and we were just well and truly we just smoked that out of the water and it's it's so funny yeah. that competitive edge kicks in when one of your training partners uh, uh, just takes it up to you I, you've done well to go out at a slower pace because i always got i was as i got a little bit older maybe matured a bit and um i got my ego under check a little bit more i i managed to start letting them go but for so long i would just smash myself in sessions and then do my best to try and make it look like i wasn't breathing once i finished yeah yeah that's it yeah my my poor brother he he stuck to the paces and he was bloody minute behind minute and a half <laughs> so yeah. he he was like what are you, what are you guys doing but then i uh you know that was tuesday then i rocked up Friday to do a session I thought oh yeah I better take this one a bit easier given uh Tuesday and then had we had a monofartlek and Maxi Stevens took off on me at the start and I was bloody 50 meters behind him after the first on and managed to catch up to him and we we ended up going 6.7k in a mono on uh, you, what, that's three that'd be three laps then of how, how, how many k's is it six 2.2 actually a bit over three yeah yeah so um we didn't do it at the loop on friday but um yeah it's averaging um three minute k's again for the mono so that's unreal. That's unreal. I know you said you didn't do it at the uni loop but uh i used to we used to go me dan matner and adam when we were all still running around yeah. We used to go out and do our, our monofart like at the uni loop. And I reckon 6K would be just, you know, that final sort of bend where you go past the park and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. I reckon 6K is maybe a couple of hundred metres behind that. And I think we did one yeah. with PJ one night and or it might have just been me and PJ and PJ just blew me out of the water. And um, yeah. I reckon he hit 6K and I might not have quite made it. But there's no, I reckon there's no better place. I reckon the the uni loop is a better place to train than than what we have here in melbourne at the tan because you've got like you've got the slight undulation a few twists and turns but it's just such a nice course to to get out and really turn the legs over isn't it yeah yeah i mean it took me a while in my um running to actually get get a run around the tan i've never done it hard but i was running around there and i thought yeah, half of this is on concrete you got you know raving about the tan but it's, obviously it's very popular and it's a, nice place to run but i think that um yeah what we've got and the the grass in the middle is um is really good at mckinnon as well so i like um lakeside but that gets a bit that gets a bit windy and mckinnon's a bit more protected so um i remember when lopez lemong came to adelaide he was just obsessed with um that path and the grass in the middle because I think in America, the only grass fields are like NFL fields or <laughs> fake fake grass soccer fields, you know, that sort of thing. So to have like um, pretty pretty nice grass fields to run around, he was just like, wow. Yeah, Adam was saying the same thing. He was like, mate, um, when he was here, he was just raving about the training facilities. He's like, why are there not more people here? I was yeah, asking the same yeah. question. It's, it's hard, I guess, because... Maybe MTC's been around a little bit longer, so they've just got the reputation that's a little bit more concrete. But I always say that I, I think when you say MTC are the best groups in Australia now, Team Tempo is sort of in my mind on par with with what you guys are doing. But it's funny what living in like a, a smaller city, a little bit away from the the main action, if you want to say that, can can do. It's sort of tucked away, and people forget about it in a sense, and they think, okay, if I want to run fast, I better go to Melbourne. But Mate, you look at some of the times that you guys are doing the sessions and the facilities, and I always say to people, if you're going to Adelaide and you're keen to get a session in, you have to go to to the uni loop because it's um yeah. I think I'm biased as well because I had a couple of good sessions on there. So every time I think back to it, I forget the horrendous sessions that I did and just remember oh, yeah. where I was floating around and feeling feeling fantastic. 
The only problem with it is if you've got a minute a minute recovery off your K reps, you've got to try and get from that 1K finish line That's back it. to the start. <laughs> yeah, oh, so many times I've, I've debated with Adam. I'm like, why don't we just turn around and run back the other way? <laughs> ah, no, you got. Oh, that's a that's another two hundred meter float on this one K session. So, mate, um, you'd be a more talented man than me if you could win a debate with the great man Adam. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. No, I still, I don't think I've won many. Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's so switched on. I was saying to him on the podcast yesterday. I go, mate. One of the things that's been um, interesting for me is over the last couple of years, I'm not so I'm not used to someone so confident and care so much about me just to pull me into line and go, Oi, what are you doing? You can do it better. I'm used to someone yeah. just dancing around the edges. And he's like, yeah, but it's because I, I just care. I'm like, I know that, but it's scary. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's, a, that's actually a good point you raise. I, I feel like um, pretty similar to Adam in that sense, in that um, sometimes I can come across as a bit a bit harsh, but really it comes from, and I think Adam is the same, it comes from seeing someone and their ability and going, um, you know, I think I think you you can improve here, here, and here, and just having that mindset where you're always looking where someone can improve, mm-hmm. um, and like, yeah, I think that it's a really good trait, but but also um, it's nice to have a, a few people around that are just you know the the height the hype kings or the you know they just whatever they'll just give you credit, but then when you get someone saying when you come off a bad run or something. Someone says, "Oh wow, you look fantastic!" It's like, do you even look? Or you, you know, did, <laughs> yeah. did you just say that? So getting um, getting that honest feedback, um, you know, Adam will Adam will go, "Yeah, geez, you look pretty pretty tight out there today," or you know, you really need to pull your head in here, or you know, just um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good trait to have. Yeah, my wife's very similar by the sounds of it to to you and Adam. Then, like, she's a bit of a straight shooter, which I absolutely yeah. love. Um, it's uh, it was so intimidating. Like the first five years of our marriage, like, actually, who am I kidding? Still, sometimes we've been together yeah. for like I think we've been together for twelve years now, and still sometimes she'll say something. I'm like, hey, what do you what did you mean by that? She's like, I oh, get over it, like you big softy. I'm just trying yeah. to help. <laughs> so, yeah. She's yeah. help. I'm, I'm probably that hype bloke that you're talking about, where I tell you you look fantastic when you finish. It takes more effort for me to come up and be like, mate, like this is what I really want you to work on. Yeah, yeah. right. You need both sides of that coin, don't you? That's just, it. Yeah. One to keep you on the straight and narrow, and one to keep your confidence up when you've when you've just been whooped. That's it. Yeah, they they definitely complement each other. That's for sure. Yeah, man. It sounds like you're you're in some pretty decent form, which is like it's hilarious to me and so frustrating for for you guys because it's apart from a few of these Steig and time trials going around, and unless you're Stewie McSwain or Ryan Grigson over in um in where are they in Europe at the moment? There's there's not a whole heap of international action going on it's good that you guys in south australia are starting to well you're, you're pretty much i forget like we're in bloody lockdown state so <laughs> there's not yeah. much happening here i forget that people are still living their lives i spoke to a mate in sydney last night and he had his shirt off on a on a facebook messenger call and he goes do you know that you know what that is Tyce? i go what are you talking about he goes they're pecs i go you know why i got them he goes because i'm still working out and i was like mate yeah. i can't really get back into the gym but yeah. um but, but no, you guys are, you're still in some pretty hot form then by the sounds of it. Still, it's nice you got a chance to get out and attack a couple of races like coming up this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I'm finding that um, I've had probably one of the most consistent um, seasons to date for me. Just, um, you know, we, when when we came out of lockdown here in, in Adelaide, they sort of set out a, a pretty good format of having a cross-country or road race every two weeks for the last, um, would have been two or three months. So, 
um, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been pretty pretty cool, and I've managed to keep my body in check. I missed the first race, um, but other than that, I've run every race since, and uh, it was a little bit of a shock to me because in in the past I've sort of trained through every race in Adelaide and um, not really peaked for it and not come up, not rocked up 100%, you know, like this is life-changing, this race, whereas, um, you know, I've saved that for, you know, in the previous seasons I've raced in America or done a few half marathons here in Japan and the nationals and stuff like that. I've really saved that, you know, that real 110% effort for those races and I rocked up to the state 10k which any other year would be um you know you run sub 30 and you you you're pretty comfortably um you know maybe one person will be or years gone past you would have won by a minute but um I rocked up there and you know it was just a little bit little bit you know still just building and got got my ass kicked and came forth so um it was yeah there's some some really good runners around in in South Australia and it made me sort of focus and go, hang on, we've got all we need here um, to get a really good season. And, and so then um, just sort of knuckled down and with my training and, yeah, still building, I think. So um, see what happens in the second half of this year. Yeah. You mentioned that you did a fair bit of running over in America. I was going to pick your brains about that because uh, you mentioned Lopez as well earlier in the piece. And he's a bloke that I always say my wife's, do you know Jesse? I don't know if you've met Jesse before. I keep saying yeah, I've, I've, I think I've met her uh, once, yeah, once or twice, but I've definitely um, seen her around the place, yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I keep saying my wife, and I'm like, you probably know who she is. But anyway, Jesse yeah. has zero interest whatsoever in, in distance running. She was so happy when I finished up just so she didn't have to sit at a track every Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but, um, but, but the one book that she was just obsessed with, one of her favourite books probably was Lopez's Run, running for your life or run for your life book so every time oh, his yeah. name comes up it's the only time that she perks up in a in a running conversation he's a he's a pretty interesting interesting bloke with a crazy story by the sounds of it so you guys are what your training partners friends what's the story oh uh, yeah well when when lopez came to adelaide i mean i was um i was probably a, a bit a fair way ahead of the other guys in adelaide i was you know i was the obvious one that could um, at least, at least try and help Lopez out a little bit. So um, I was running low 14s for 5k, and um, Lopez was kind of in in his base phase, you know, not really not peaking. So we we did a bit of work together, and um, yeah, he's just he's just an awesome guy, and I think he wanted to thank thank me, and um, you know, we became we became friends, and I went over to America. Um, and stayed with him for a couple of times actually in in his place in in Lake Oswego in Portland and I was fortunate to meet train with the Bauman group for um, about two weeks there so um, and I, I realized that that's a pretty unique experience I mean um, Jerry Schumacher the coach was kind of like who's this guy you're bringing out I don't think you know I think they're a pretty close close-knit group and they don't um, you know, they kind of protect what they have quite a lot. So I, I, I was very, very fortunate to get that experience and it was pretty, pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah. How long were you training with their group? Uh, I, well, I was just there for, for two weeks roughly. So, um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I did a few runs, a few long runs and a few jogs with them. I didn't do their track sessions 
but I was there watching and went to the gym with Lopez and yeah, um, hung around on the, the Nike campus there a fair bit and just tried to keep out of the way a bit, but it really absorbed, absorbed what was going on. So yeah. Yeah. Which other athletes were running around with Bowman? So obviously you had Lopez. Yeah. Evan Yeager was there. I met him a couple of times. Um, Mo Ahmed and um, who else have we got? Uh, Chris Derrick. He was a really good guy. Um, he spoke to me quite a bit. Um, and then this is really bad. I had a mental blank, but the Canadian steeplechaser, Matt Hughes, he was, he was there as well. So, um, and um, yeah, so there, there was a, there was a host of other guys as well. Um, but yeah, just trying to, I know them all. I'm just trying to think of all their names right now. But yeah, um, so it's, a, it's a pretty big group, is it? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's, it's grown a lot since I was there. I was there, I think, 2016, 2017, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's grown a lot since then. But I remember doing a, um, that, a jumping in on a tempo run with the group and they um, – they just they had a ten mile tempo, so sixteen k, and I um I went out halfway, and um because I I was just yeah just running with them for eight k of it, and uh, just had they just had this perfect formation, and they're all pretty big, strong guys, really, um, pretty powerful athlete, good athletes, you know, not just distance runners, um, they're good athletes. <laughs> And, that's a good uh, distinction to make, actually. Sorry to interrupt. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so I'm just you know I've 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 got a pretty high cadence, short stride, um, typical distance runner. And uh, you know I'm on this line of there's two people, two you know there's a line of two each. There's line of, there's a line of two people. You know, um, at the front you've got Lopez and Evan Yeager. Blah blah blah, and then I'm I'm sitting in the train as well, um, and I'm behind Evan Jaeger, and he's got this massive long stride and kickback. And the whole time I'm just thinking, "Geez, don't don't trip this guy up, <laughs> don't kick foot or something." So um, yeah, that was pretty. And um, Jerry Jerry Schumacher, you know, he he just came out of the blue when a session was about to start. He didn't. He wasn't. Um, he didn't because these are all these are all. You know these athletes; they know exactly what to do. So he just rocked up and watched the sessions. He, you know, he just was there with the stopwatch. Didn't didn't say a lot. And um, yeah, he was just. I just remember him saying to me when I pulled off, "You look quite strong." And I thought, you know, from a you know someone um, to just say that, I was like, yeah, I was so wrapped with that. And even Lopez after is like, Jerry gave you a compliment. <laughs> so it was. Um, yeah, that was a pretty amazing experience. Um, I think I was about twenty or twenty-one at the time. So, yeah. well, so, uh, so Jerry's a bit is a bit scarce with throwing out compliments, is he? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I think it just um, you know is uh, I think pretty similar to um, Nick Badeau in that sense is that he really looks after his athletes, um, but maybe you know people on the outside, you know whatever <laughs> so um i think that's that's a um it's a i think that also a pretty good trait to have as a coach i mean you can't you can't be um you can't be get, giving all your 
your effort to, to everyone, you know, you, especially at that level, just um, looking after your athletes and that. So, um, yeah. How did you find it going to train with a quality group like that? Because I, I lived in Adelaide for, for 2006, right? And then um, end of 2006, I was like, oh, I, I wouldn't mind just getting back to Victoria. And um, actually, it was funny because Adam, Adam used to talk a lot about, you know, how good Rod Griffin was as a coach. And um, in the back of my mind, so Adam was playing a mentor role there. I was being coached by Sean Crichton. And I probably don't realize how good I had it when I was in Adelaide. Like it was probably unnecessary yeah. for me to change. But long story short, I moved over to, to Ballarat and, and Adam was right, like coached by Rod, who's a gun and, and still is. And uh, I I went there and obviously the likes of Coles Birmingham and Steve Monaghetti and, and stuff were there and, and, and Lee Troop quite a lot. And I was a 19-year-old kid. I just got there and these guys were my distance running heroes. And it's so funny because you read about them, you watch them, and then like one Sunday morning you realise you're out in a long run with them. And I'm the, yeah. I'm the most talky bloke you could meet. But with those guys, I just got tongue-tied. I got all nervous and flustered. So I thought I'd just run along. And it took a while for it to become, I don't know if it ever became super normal because obviously like with a bloke like Mona, he's, there's a bit of an age gap. And I was only there yeah. for, for a couple of years and wasn't training with him a heap. But, um, you know, the conversation got a bit easier. But at the start, when you're training with these blokes you've just watched or read about, you're like, oh, this is, this is a little bit daunting. Was there, was there a little bit of that happening with the Bowman group when you got there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was just uh, like I said, I was just trying to be a fly on the wall and not getting anyone's way. Um, but yeah, I really cherished um, every time one of the one of the guys made the effort to, um, you know, ask me how how my session went or you know how I was going and asked a bit about me because um, you know it's a pretty intense environment there um, at Nike. Everything's pretty. Um, you know everything's sort of kept fairly in house so um yeah to to let me into something like that was um yeah I was like I said I was very um yeah very fortunate for that experience and um yeah towards the end a few of the long runs um you know I got chatting to a few of the guys and it was good but I think that's a that's a good thing for a training elite training group um I think you do have to earn your earn your stripes so to speak um and show that you're that you're committed and um, and you know smart and not you know not going to upset the the training group before you get um, before you get too much recognition. I think that um, that's a good thing because it it um, it makes sure that it makes sure that people don't take it for granted when they when they come into an elite training group and and get to train with people of that caliber. Mm. Do you reckon, have you got any plans once things open back up on a, a bit more of a broader scale? Like, will you head back to the States to do any more stints? Are you still in touch with Lopez and the crew or, or, or what are your plans in regards to that? Uh, yeah, I, I have lost, um, I don't have as much contact with Lopez um, over the last couple of years, but my, um, my girlfriend Izzy was at uh, Washington University. For, the tech guru, uh, Izzy the tech guru. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> to save their podcast. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she was at Washington, um, running on the track team there for yeah the, for five years in the US. So um, yeah, we're we're both keen to go back and and see see her her old coaches and teammates in Seattle and um, do a bit of racing in the US once things have settled down with the with the virus and international travel. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely have a few connections over there that, that would, yeah, be pretty yeah. cool. 
Yeah, no, that's good, man. It's amazing when you talk about just the the quality of athletes that are there. Like we mentioned briefly, the few groups in Australia. Like you got obviously MTC, you got you guys, you got Front Runner over in in WA, which marathon more specific group with with RAF. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it's crazy when you when you scale it out to a place like the states. I feel like there's there's so many groups like not only Bowman, but um, I've had Jordan Guzman on. He actually he used to be a neighbour of mine until recently. I think he moved uh, to Queensland, but. He was yeah. telling me that uh, that Tin Man Elite, like some of the uh, some of the athletes running around there, like they got. I don't know how old Drew Hunter is now, but he's a high school miler or something. Yeah, three fifty six or something. And you're only scratching the surface with those couple of groups. It just seems everywhere you turn, there's some other just ridiculously elite group running around. Yeah, well, there's that new the new on running group that Dayton Ritz and I and coaches um, with with um, Ollie Hoare from Australia. Oh, dude! I saw Ollie yeah. Hall busted out a big mile the other day. Actually, yeah, yeah he's um, he's killing it. So that's based in Boulder, Colorado, and yeah, it just seems like uh, for a long time, Flagstaff, Arizona had you know had all the top runners, and um, they still they still do. But I think Boulder's Boulder's always been in the background, and now they've you know setting up groups there, and yeah, it seems like a bit of a mecca for. For uh, elite distance running, and and I think it's also a lot of triathletes um, congregate on Boulder as well. So yeah, yeah. It sounds like such an interesting place, man. I um actually yeah. there's three people that have just come into mind that I've had on the podcast: Lee Troop, Morgan McDonald, that was a, a members one, and yeah. Benita Willis, and they were all just yeah. speaking about life at Boulder. And um, like I, I sort of I think Steve Jones lives up there now. He's like the mile world record holder back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, just, it sounds like a, a haven for for distance running. But Benita was funny because she was telling me about you. You get outside of the main part of town, and there's some offbeat tracks where like the locals aren't used to having people running around. And she was telling me that at the end of one of their runs, I don't know if I've added a little bit of, a little bit of sauce to this, but one of the blokes came out with a gun, threatening them to get off their trails. I can't remember if the gun was involved. That's just me stereotyping <laughs> Americans. Ah, yeah. That, that. <laughs> That, that's that's probably likely in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this bloke came out and just gave him a mouthful. But uh, that was that was like one of the standout stories because I thought it was hilarious that there was one bloke in in Colorado or Boulder who wasn't accommodating of distance runners. But apart from that, man, it just sounds it sounds beautiful. Morgan McDonald sounds like he. I think he just moved up there recently, and uh, yeah, I think he mentioned there was another group up there. I don't know if it was Richard yeah, Hines. Team, team boss, team boss, um, Bossard is Emma Coburn's husband and coaches the group called Team Boss. Um, so, yeah, they've got a lot of world-class runners in their group as well. Have you had a run around at Colorado? I keep saying Colorado. It's a uh, big place. At Boulder? Yeah, I, I, that's somewhere where I'd like to like to go one day. But I, I've been to Flagstaff, and it's funny you mentioned that uh, Benita Willis story. Um, you, you generally feel pretty safe um, in most most places you go to. Um, certainly Portland and Seattle and places like that. Um, and in Flagstaff, I, I remember I was, um, I had a bike that I was riding around and um, I was riding back from, from Northern Arizona University to where we were staying. And uh, I, just, I just rode past this guy and um, just outside the university, and I thought, and he, I wrote, he was walking along the main road, and I, I kind of took a wide berth around him, and I looked to the side, and then I looked again, and he had a bloody, he had a um, gun in his pocket, <laughs> and I'm just like, like a handgun, 
<laughs> and I'm just like, you know, just kind of like riding up the road, but zigzagging. <laughs> isn't it? It's harder to hit a zigzagging target, isn't it? And um, and he kind of, he kind of, yeah, he was a bit sketchy. Kind of like he kind of flinched when I rode past him, like he was expecting something. And and then the next morning, um, I was staying with Jess um, Trengrove at the. Um, and we, she drove back past the, the university and she's like around near where I saw this guy. I don't know if there's any connection, but, um, there'd been a shoot that the police had shot a guy who was armed and I, and, um, and they would all taped it off. And I was just like, it was kind of like within a hundred meters of where I saw this bloke. And so I was just like, yes, pretty, that's pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, in gen, in generally speaking, you you feel you feel pretty safe. Yeah, it's a different world there, man, isn't it? My brother-in-law, um, he moved over there. He married a he married a girl that he met on Instagram. Long story, won't go into it today. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a good move. Two thousand and thirteen, he went over there, and I just I had no idea about the American psyche. I had no idea about how passionate they are about liberty and about their their rights and stuff. And um, so it was all a bit of a culture shock because he posted a video of him getting a present for his first Christmas there. So he got married in October. That December, he got a Christmas present from his father-in-law and he opened it up and it was a rifle, and which is fine. And then he opened it up, but in the background, you hear, you hear his dad, Bill, go, there you go, Sam, now you can protect your family. And uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm just so not used to that. The idea, I've got a wooden spoon in my second drawer, which is the only thing that I've got to protect my wife. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of using it because I'll, I'll be like, mate, I'm so sorry. I got, I got a little bit carried away. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> just, but when we were there, like we went over in 2012 when we, like a year after we got married and uh, we were going around. I remember being in Las Vegas and every night, we, that was the only place we went classy. Up until then, we had a hippie van and we were just parking on the side of the road. And uh, we got to Las Vegas, parked in some nice accommodation for a couple of nights and we're flicking on the TV. And every night there was like uh, six different shooting stories of like such and such was shot here. And I was like, dude, it's just, it's so rare for me. Like I've never heard of, and this just could could just be where I live or or whatever, but I've never heard of so many shootings taking place. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a different world. I don't know where, you know, at the start, how I said, if you get caught down a rabbit hole, don't worry. Yeah, I'm I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I've just yeah. found myself down one, and it's become. Nah, a- no, that, that's all good. I got I got a few more. Um, when I say I, I completely forgotten when I say I felt I felt relatively safe. I um that same trip that I was staying with Lopez, I um I there was a I wanted to get a five k in because I'd um one of my big goals, and I still haven't done it. I've been in shape to do it numerous times. Is break fourteen minutes for five k. And uh, and so there was one more race I just wanted to tack on the end of my um, my trip, and it it cost a bloody fortune because I was on the on the west coast in Portland, and I wanted the race was um that was in Philadelphia, it was um the Penn Relays, so re- really big event. Um, and so I, I flew and I, I was trying to do things on the cheap. Because I was sort of on my own. Um, I think I, yeah, I was twenty or twenty-one, and uh, flew out over across to um, Philadelphia and stayed in this suburb. Um, I can't remember the name, but God, it was yeah, it was something else. <laughs> I was. Um, hopefully, this doesn't come across wrong, but I was the only white person that I saw. For two <laughs> I didn't leave my. I didn't leave my. Um, 
I didn't leave my hotel room until <laughs> the race, right? And uh, and yeah, I, I remember trying to go for a. I went tried to go for a jog the morning of, do a bit of a shakeout, and I got like a hundred meters down the road, and I was like, no, 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 I'm just gonna. I was, you know, got a, a little white guy with shaved legs isn't going down too well here. <laughs> so I, I saw, I saw everyone was kind of looking at me, and it's a bit, it's a bit of a ghost town. I can't remember the suburb, but it's probably. I remember looking it up. It will come to me. I remember looking it up, and it was like had the third highest rate of homicide in the US, this oh. suburb that I was staying in. I didn't even look. I just went for the cheapest hotel. I'll never do that again. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just went back into my hotel room, locked, locked the doors and just, you know, bunkered down until, until it went out to the race, which was Philadelphia. Penn University is beautiful. Like, um, it was not far away, but it's just funny, the divide in, in America sometimes in the suburbs. You go, you know, you literally step step over the, the line of the suburb and you're completely different socioeconomic. And, uh, yeah, so I uh, went to race that 5K. There was about 60 people in, in the, the uh, I think I was, I was in the A race. You have 60 people and Penn is only not uh, six lanes wide because the grandstand is so big. So, um, so it's a small, small track. And, um, and so 600 meters in, I've just got I've just got this clip from behind on my on my leg, and then I got shoved. And then about oh, I think I was sitting in about probably seventh or eighth. And so the rest of the field just trampled over the top of me. Oh. And um, and I I saw shit. You know, I hit the ground pretty hard because I got the clip and tried to get myself hold myself up. Then just got this massive shove in the back straight straight down onto the ground and my hand kind of kind of got caught under me and then then I, then someone trod on my arm and um you know I got up you know thought shit you know such a big field I'm only you know even though I fell over I'm, I'm on the back you know and about about 60 meters later I've just got this excruciating pain and I've gone oh shit I'm gonna have to stop and just grabbed my arm like, you know, when you got pain, you just give it a different oh. tactile stimulus. You know, I just grabbed it as hard as I could, looked at my fingers, and there was like three fingers going all different directions. Oh. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I dislocated like three fingers. And um, then I had, I had like these pretty big gashes down my arm because someone's spikes. I don't know what the hell linked spike they were wearing, but I've got scars still. Um, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. So, um, and so that's, that's a, that's an experience, you know, and actually this, <laughs> this potentially could have saved my life because it meant that I went to the hospital. I went to the hospital at, in, uh, Penn university and, um, and the doctor there was like, oh, where are you staying? Who are you with? Where are you from? And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm a, um, from Australia and you know, I'm just here by myself. He's like, where are you staying? And I told him where I was staying. I'll, I'll have to tell you after. I can't remember the suburb. But um, he's like, oh, dude, you can't go back there by yourself. <laughs> and I was like, and because he lived in the, na- he's a doctor and he lived in the neighbouring suburb. But obviously that was probably, and um, he actually went and got my gear for me from the hotel. Because um, I was leaving back to Australia only two days later. 
And he went and that's how worried he was for me because I had, was going to have to catch the, the subway back to the, and he's like, oh, no, nah, 11 o'clock at night, getting on that subway, you'll, yeah, we won't see you again sort of thing. And, um, and so, yeah, turns out probably breaking my arm and not finishing that or breaking my hand, I broke in numerous places, probably actually saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's dramatizing the story. No, but don't this, say that. Don't say that. It yeah. saved your life 100%. I can't wait yeah. to make that the plug for this podcast, the, yeah. the event that yeah. saved his life. <laughs> yeah, so that I've had some, yeah, I guess I've had some, you know, I put myself out there quite a lot to, um, to chase, um, chase some fast times and, and races. And I've had, I've had a, lot, um, a lot more success in recent times going to Japan. That's a, um, been been pretty cool as well but I've done a lot of solo missions and um, you can get you can get pretty lonely and you learn a lot um, particularly when you're trying to prepare to run the best you've ever run um, when you're traveling by yourself and um, yeah so I think I think I've had some pretty awesome experiences but I've definitely had to get out of my comfort zone um, and yeah yeah, man, it's so funny. I've just I've got all these stories racing through my head about just other other cringy, not cringy. What is it? What do you call it? Um, I've lost the word. Other, pretty much just scary. I guess scary uh, moments yeah. that we had. So we were when we were in the states, man. We were we were traveling across from a month, and we were doing it on a budget as well. I was still running, so I was I was getting out as much as I could. But dude, I wish I had a photo to show you. We had the most colorful hippie van you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> It, it stood out anywhere. Like it was bright and it was right in your face. And I remember night one, I was like, all right, we just got to try and tuck in somewhere that we're not going to be seen. And then the, the first night we were trying to find a car park. I was like, mate, there's no way we're not going to be seen. We ended up in some church car park, which was <laughs> not like in some sketchy part of town. We were just in the middle of this car park freaking out. But a couple of weeks into our trip, we got to San Francisco. And because uh, and we were traveling in the van, like the only showers that we were having, we had one of those little um not solar panel but it was essentially like a little portable uh yeah. a little portable bag that you had to shower so naturally jesse didn't want to have a have a shower in a public place so we um we were in san francisco and we we're just driving around and we ended up in some massive park and we're like all right we'll try and we'll, we'll just try and find a quiet place in this park for you to have a shower anyway we found this off-beaten path and it was probably about 4k down to a to a dead end it was it was pretty scary i didn't really want to be going down there but you got to the end and it was a dead end and it was getting dark and I said to Jesse, I go, babe, if you see any headlights or any cars come down this way, we are in a lot of trouble because there's like, you're nowhere near civilization. There's no reason for anyone to be down here. It just shouldn't happen. Anyway, needless to say, Jesse had just got her little boobies out and she had started having a shower and uh, we just started to feel a little bit relaxed. And needless to say, in the distance, you just see these headlights turn down. Yeah this this road and it was about dude i felt like i was on a horror movie i was just waiting for about five minutes for this car to get there anyway they got right up next to us and it was a dingy old car and it was packed with five guys who looked sketchy and i was like oh this is this is sort of where it ends like this is this is it and uh and most people go into fight or flight mode in that situation i go into hey let's all be best friends so i went up to the car i was like guys hey good timing come and get some dinner with us fantastic i'm cooking some (sighs) Anyway, um, the guys, they sort of started laughing. They're like, what are you doing down here? And uh, I go, mate, we're just having a shower and getting a bit of food. They're like, no, you're not. What's really going on? And I was like, no. And I was trying to play it like we're all cool. We're all best friends. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, no, no, really. He's like, you're looking, for some, you're looking for some stuff. 
And I was like, um, <laughs> that was a health freak. I was 20 something. No yeah, idea yeah. what he's talking about. I go, mate, um, I go, I appreciate the fact that you, you know, you've got a business to run or whatever, but hey, come and join us. Have a, have some meal. They're like, we're not yeah. hungry. What are you doing? I said, mate, I'm actually a middle distance runner. I'm trying to take care of my health. Do you mind if I, I won't, I won't take up your offer tonight. Anyway, for whatever reason, we all they had a laugh and we were all we were all good mates and Jesse managed to get a shirt on and come back around and <laughs> I don't know, I felt like I wiggled my way out and I was walking around with a strut for the next two days because I, I was telling Jesse I was the king of combo and I, I just yeah. saved I just saved death with with just my words. And um yeah. but bro, for about ten minutes there I was like, We are in so much trouble. But yeah, there was I could go into endless stories about the the sketchy runs and stuff that I had. It, yeah. In fairness, it probably had more to do with the places that we were staying than it did with <laughs> that yeah. we were actually like yeah. we, were, we were on a budget as well, man. And there were some places we pulled up to and I was like, No one with more money than us would be staying here. This is a very bad option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you definitely um, definitely don't need to go to the absolute top, but don't, yeah, try and find <laughs> don't go to where we middle. went. Yeah, try and find somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. yeah. But, um, hey, um, man, we've, we've got about 10 minutes left. I'm actually, I'm in the process, dude, such a random story. So I'm, I'm learning how to day trade and I have been yeah. for the last month or so. And the market opens at 10 a.m. and I've promised myself I'm going to do it. So I'm going to get there at five past, but we've got 10 more minutes. We've got to yeah. do it again, man, because, um, this is, I feel like this is an easy chat. I feel like there's so much more we could go into. And this is the problem with saying an hour. It's like uh, yeah. you get to an hour and you're like, oh, I've easily got another hour worth it chat with you. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, man, just, to, just before we wrap it up, last 10 minutes or something, what, um, like, what, what does your training schedule look like at the moment? Have you, have you changed things up much at the moment or are you you're pretty consistent? You're long Ks, short Ks? Where are you at? Yeah, so... Um yeah, I've been I've been pretty fortunate that I've been able to maintain um, sort of around the 140 to 150 k's a week for for quite some time now. Um, I've had a few niggles where I've had to back off the intensity, but largely being able to um, still plod along um, right through. So a typical a typical week um, sort of looks. Um, Monday, I've not been running Monday morning. I've been finding that that extra time between Sunday's long run until Monday afternoon is actually quite a good um, little gap to, to recover in. Um, I'm a pretty, uh, a pretty light, uh, light person and small, so um, I'm, I find that maybe some of those extra, extra little runs just maybe deplete me a bit too much. So um, sort of trying to, trying to um find what's still trying to find what's right uh exactly right for me and i think we're adam and i are getting uh closer and closer particularly with uh we only do two sessions a week at the moment tuesday and friday um harder sessions so um i find that like i was saying before we probably we probably do push ourselves pretty hard in those sessions so adding a third one was just probably a little bit too much um so yeah, Tuesday, Friday, that's that's a session and a double run. Wednesday, been pretty consistently hitting ninety to ninety minutes to an hour forty. Um, and then Thursday is another double run. Um, so like seventy thirty with a few strides um, after that. And Saturday's a bit more of a recovery day if I'm feeling really good and want to top up the mileage, I'll do a double, but mostly just a 60-minute run. And then Sunday, alternating weeks, um, we do 
uh, every second Sunday we do a bit of a pickup at the end of our long run. Um, and the first week we did that, we ran, we were, we blew it out of the park and we were running like 20, the 26k of our long run was 257 or something. So, um, but since then we've sort of worked out that that should probably be a bit more steadier <laughs> that, that pick up. So we kind of just get down to like 310, um, three or five, but that's, um, being someone who's, who's, um, you know, had a bit of success at the half and working towards a uh, marathon, that's sort of my bread and butter. Um, that, that pick up long run, you know, we'll look to, look to extend that out and, and, uh, yeah, really hit, hit my straps over that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, re- pretty happy with how the, the week sort of looks and I'm, uh, working as a physio as well. And, uh, Izzy and I have just started a, um, run coaching group. Um, well, uh, that we, that we called runners one that we, um, do on Tuesday and Friday morning. So we get up, we get up at six and, um, or just after six and get down and train our runners and get a bit of inspiration. And I usually, um, sort of shuffle around and jog around while I'm doing that. And I've actually found that I'm rocking up to my sessions, a inspired and motivated and be a little bit more warmed up because I've been up and up and shuffling around. Um, you know, I do their warm up with them, which is just, you know, we run probably five minute, five minute, 30 K pace. So, um, sort of like a pre warm up to my warm up. So yeah, finding that, um, everything's, everything's gelling in quite nicely with the work and the coaching and the, the training. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Farah, here I am saying well done for getting up early and, and starting the podcast yeah. by 8.30 your time. Mate, you've had half your day done. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, you, um, yeah, when you, when you try and fit um, so much in, you learn that you just got to cut things off pretty early after dinner and, and get up and, and get after it. And yeah, um, certainly that's one thing I've really emphasized as well is, um, is my sleep quality and sleep, sleep hygiene. And um you know if i if i don't get to bed if i don't get to bed early or don't have good sleep then i just don't smash it the next day um you know and just just wait until uh wait until i've uh, i'm confident that i've got i've got that um enough rest behind me don't keep pushing into into that dangerous zone because i i i do generally ride that zone pretty pretty fine line um with my with with my lifestyle and 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 just how i go about training so yeah no awesome man awesome dude i'm looking at the clock but um let's let's wrap it up there for now honestly man if if you're around in the next couple of weeks do you want to do a round two yeah that sounds awesome yeah i, I mean like, I did a whole thinking... heap of stuff i wanted to tap into yeah. we just uh, the hour just flew by man so I, I would love to be able to spend a bit more time chatting with you yeah, yeah definitely well, i've been I'm what 24 now, and I've been running pretty pretty much uh, twice a day since I was 13. So there's a lot of a lot of I can talk about running. So um, yeah, no, I look forward to another chat. Awesome, man. Actually, um, I'll just I'll tell you this before we finish up. So Jess Jess Trengove's going to come on. No, she's a good mate of yours. She's going to yeah. come on. She she messaged me the other day and she goes, "Hey, why don't we flip things around a bit more? I'll interview you for a, for an episode." Oh, yeah. I thought, okay, that could be a little bit of fun. But um, I, I know but that just means that we're going to end up just having a, a conversation. So it's not going to be her interviewing me because I'm going to be throwing questions right back at her because she's more interested yeah. than I am. 
But um, <laughs> dude, I should uh, I should try and soften her up and say, hey, let's get a let's get a regular segment going on because it'd be cool to. I, I, I find it really interesting just to to touch base with like I'm I'm regularly catching up with Dave McNeil and his sports psychologist yeah. and um it's it's just a nice opportunity to sit down and talk running especially with your physio knowledge i'm sure there'd be a heap of athletes out there that would benefit greatly from that and actually jess is a physio as well isn't she yeah jess and i um jess has been a great mentor for me in a lot of areas but we also um we also have some yeah some pretty cool discussions on on a, on a similar level with a lot of things so um yeah yeah that'd be pretty cool Awesome, man. Well, there's there's zero pressure. I've put you under the pump because I've just asked you this during the podcast. But when we finish, you can message me and say, piss off, I'm not doing that. There's no chance. <laughs> no, 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 that's all good. I, I can talk about running and, and physio and the body and stuff all day. I love it. All right, man. No, that's good. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in it just for, for now. But I'll, um, I'll message you and we'll, we'll line something else up in just when, whenever you're free, man. I'll do this as much as you want. So, um, yeah, yeah, let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll do a round two soon. All right, great. Thanks, guys. Cheers, man. That was good. All right, see ya. See you, man. Dude, I'll uh, I'll end the recording right there. I'll edit yeah. this part out. But um, mate, that was <laughs> that was really good. That was an easy chat. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I, like you were saying, I, I, I probably, we probably didn't delve into um, you know, you start podcasting about things you're going to talk about. Um, and uh, I hadn't even thought about my experiences in America, but there's some, there some pretty cool stories. I didn't, I left out, um, I'll just quickly, because I know you're going to go to the, onto the trades. Um, <laughs> I left out the bit about, um, they wanted to do surgery on my hand. And it, uh, no, no, firstly, in the, in the ambulance, right? Because um, they took me from the track to the hospital in an ambulance. And um, the guy in the, the guy, the um, medic in the ambulance was like, oh, uh, he, he sort of before he was chatting to me um, beforehand before we got in the ambulance, and he was he sort of knew, knew where, what I was about, and where I was from. And uh, then he goes, he gets his pad of paper out, and he goes, oh, "Okay, you know, give me your give me some details, you know, your your name and blah blah blah, and your address." And he goes, "Don't give me your correct address." <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I think you just it, it's, and 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 this in this moment I was so freaking shocked and like didn't know what I was doing right that I couldn't think of any other address other than mine. <laughs> so I just gave him my address, <laughs> and I'm like, what? If, like, he's given he's given me the out because he he knew that I'd get this wacko bill from the <laughs> American system, and um, he's gone. Oh, you don't need to give me. Like he shouldn't have said it, but yeah. he, he gave me the hours. Like you don't need to give me your actual address, and I've, I've gone, ah, uh, 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 you know, just giving him my address. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome! Just a deer in headlights. So, uh, yeah, and so like six months later, I get this seven thousand dollar bill. Luckily, I didn't get surgery. I said, oh no, nah, just just wrap it up, and because um, I'm leaving for Australia, and. Um, yeah, I didn't didn't end up getting surgery because I said no, don't. I know how much it costs and blah blah blah. And um and then I came back to Australia and 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 then ended up not getting surgery anyway. So um that was probably a good good out. But yeah, pretty. I got this um, bill and um oh. at the time it was more than was in my freaking bank account. <laughs> so um but I had insurance. That was another thing as well. I extended my trip by two days and my mum was like hassling me she's like you've got to increase your you've got to also get on and and extend your insurance for two more days and i was like oh what's going to happen you know 
And then, and then I, she forced me, she, you know, she's like, no, you bloody well do it. And so I did it. And that was in the last two days I, I burned my hands. So. How good are mums? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, Man, I uh, might even leave that last story in. It was that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, brother. Oh, yeah, I'll shoot your message soon, man. Don't forget to press stop on that record. Otherwise, it'll record for the next 12 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, um, I did press that. So you haven't, you're not going to have that last story on here. Oh, but... dude, no stress. No stress at all. Hopefully I can see it's it still recording here. here. Yeah. All right, brother. Oh, thanks again, man. I'll shoot your message and um, and, and if you're up to it, we'll, we'll line up something else. Sounds good, Tice. See ya, brother. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.